0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Back at you with the Believe Aztecs Basketball Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Thankfully, I got that one right. We had already restarted this thing three times because I couldn't speak. I am Matt Scraby, and I am with uh, Aztecs Hall of Famer Randy Holcomb. Randy, how are you feeling today? It's Christmas week.
0: And I feel great, man. It's a, uh, you know, it's a great time of year, family and the, and the likes, man. It feels really, really good to be here with you, man. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm actually not much of a Christmas light guy, but this year, been really enjoying the Christmas lights for some reason. Just driving down the street, going anywhere, I just look for Christmas lights.
0: I hear you, man. I well, I, I'm I'm gonna be real honest with you. I, I haven't even gotten through all of our Christmas lights yet. I've only gotten a tree up. So I guess at some point over the week before Christmas Day, maybe on the eve, we could do some yeah. sort of like lighting party. You know what okay. I mean, here All right. At, hey, at least at you got the bus. tree.
1: At least you get the tree. That's the most important part. In 2020, we do what we can and then we move on. And, and <laughs> That's a fact.
0: Facts. <laughs> that is an absolute fact.
1: Yeah, and that's what the Aztecs are going to be doing here uh, after losing to BYU 72-62. to Now, we're going to get into this game throughout the entire episode, but we're also going to talk about the ranking real quick because the AP ranking uh, has been released, and the Aztecs have left the AP ranking. They are no longer a part of the top 25. They were number 18. But this loss to BYU kicked them out. Uh, they're like the first team looking in, I believe. So that's – I mean, they're going to get back in. It's just it's just hard to to lose one game and then get kicked out. But that's what happens when you're ranked number 18. And um, quick thoughts on the Aztecs dropping out of the ranking, Randy.
0: You know, I think it's – I don't – I don't put much stock in it. You know I And mean? I don't okay. know if you necessarily play for, it's It's so early in the season. And I don't think that the, you know, the guys should necessarily be playing for a ranking be play to, you know, win championships. Right. So that yeah. progression over the course of the year uh, is the most important thing. You can be ranked now and then you lose uh, in the conference tournament or you lose in the national tournament. Uh, what, what was it for? Right. You know, yeah. I think that uh, this game, uh, I mean, showed me a lot about the team, and I know they learned a lot about themselves. I was, uh, I was, you know, I was thoroughly, I was thoroughly surprised at some of the things that I saw, and we'll talk about that as we go. Okay. But I was kind of, I was surprised by what I saw.
1: Yeah, I was a little surprised as well. It, it seems like it's a team that has leadership, but at the same time, they're young and they don't have guys that are. are... I don't know, maybe not have been in those situations before playing in those big games. And it was also weird. I mean, they're playing at home at 2 p.m. with no fans. It's just this whole season is going to be weird. And I like what you said about not putting too much stock into the rankings because – it, this season's going to see so many different cancellations postponements uh, teams not being able to play a certain amount of games it's just going to go up and down so I guess I'm going to stop living by the rankings now that I've just decided that right now <laughs> I just decided deal. that that's yeah a, if you
0: think about it what what algorithm can they put together to to you know for the ranking process right if 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 um I forget which team on the East Coast is, you know, canceling games left and right. I think it's Virginia, somebody like that. They're canceling mm-hmm. games. How do you, how do you, how do you quantify ranking them, or how do you quantify not? So this year is one of the years that it's like you just win as many games as you possibly can. Yeah. And you try to get on the roll and try to get on, you know, try to get on the roll and uh, down the stretch we'll see how it plays. Nobody even knows how the end of the season is going to play out or you know, how it's even going to work out. So it's you just a great gotta point.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, they're all everybody's fighting for this chance to play in the NCAA tournament. And last year, it didn't happen this year. I'm thinking it's going to happen we've had a year to figure out how to do this thing. But at the same time, nothing's a given. Nothing's a given. So you just don't know what's going to happen. So like I like that, uh, that strategy, which is win as many games as we have uh, on our schedule and we'll let fate take us wherever we need it to take us. Exactly. Exactly. Well, the Aztecs, uh, after starting out five and zero, they did have a tough one against BYU. We were all pumped up after they beat Arizona State, and they uh, ended up ranked number eighteenth in the uh, number eighteen in the country. But losing to BYU, it wasn't a terrible game by any means. It was probably, if I'm asking Brian Dutcher, he'll say that's the worst game they played all year, and that's mainly because they were playing catch up all day long um to give them credit they did end up catching up and and tying the game at 61 with 156 left but the first half was rough for the Aztecs they missed a lot of shots they made a lot of mistakes a lot of turnovers I believe there's eight turnovers in the first half and it's just too it's too hard to come back and and it's too hard to win a game against a good team like BYU that has a size difference in, in their favor when you're turning the ball over eight times
0: well, um, the first thing is that if you ask Dutch, if you ask Dutch that question and he gives you the answer that you that you said about the, the there's a there's a bunch of different perspectives that you can take in terms of uh, you know that being the worst game that they played you can also say that that was the one of the best teams that they've played. Good point. <laughs> you know, so um, and I don't want to take anything away uh, from uh, from either of the teams, but. Uh, man, they, were, they were big and they were mm-hmm. physical. Yeah. Right. And they were, you know, uh, the advantage that we had in the, in the, in the previous game against Arizona state, we didn't have that same advantage playing against BYU. They were around the bucket They they playing out of the pick and roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were able to roll their bigs to the basket. They were catching the ball, keeping it high,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: very fundamentally sound. And if you made a mistake and let them set their feet and shoot a three, it was going in. Right? So, yeah. uh, but with all that being said, the game was the game was really, really close. It was a lot closer than what the score would indicate. That oh yeah. 72 to 62, just that was just free throws at the end of the game when you're trying to file a catch up. But they just didn't make a big they just didn't make enough big plays over the course of the game. Mm-hmm. and just ran into a very, very physical, tough, gritty team.
1: Yeah, we already saw this kind of against Pepperdine when they went down by 16 in the first half. They ended up coming back and winning that game. Pepperdine's not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. And byus it's just a better team. Uh, I guess on paper, you could say they're a better team. So going down 15 points in the first half, uh, going into the halftime locker room, just, just neat, knowing that you need to have your best half of basketball to win the game. It's a tall task it's a tall task especially against BYU during Pepperdine or when they played Pepperdine and they beat Pepperdine you know I think a lot of people thought they could do it but BYU was just one of those beasts that were like oh because I was watching it uh in studio because it was at 2 p.m on Friday and we're all like saying oh this is not looking good early it's not looking good early right. which it wasn't looking good early and we'll get into them catching up and tying it but what kind of things can you say about going into halftime down 15? Like, what what usually is the thought in the locker room? Is it, okay, we got this, or is it, ooh, man?
0: Well, I mean, I think in this situation it was a, ooh, man, right? Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Aztecs really weren't playing bad. If you look yeah. at how they were playing, they weren't playing bad. Everybody doesn't play great every night. Jordan struggled, right? But they mm-hmm, actually mm-hmm. took Jordan out of the game. It wasn't like he was – free to roam and do whatever. They had a scheme, right? Yeah. uh, uh You know, Matt played, uh, and I know we're going to talk about that in a second probably, but he, go, go like ahead.
1: That. Let's go into Matt Mitchell right now because he dominated the game. So he was the star of the Aztecs and, and let's talk about him.
0: Okay. So with, with Matt, the thing that's special about this kid is that, uh, his ability to post, right, and mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. way he's built, he is built strangely, right. If you look at his <laughs> physique, right, yeah, he's got yeah. super long arms and a barrel chest, right, and yeah, uh, it makes him. It makes him. He can play the guard position and he can play the forward position. And and the typically in basketball, the the position that you can guard is the one that you play. He mm-hmm. can guard two positions on the floor very easily, and he's a positionless player himself. Yeah, him mm-hmm. being able to play one on one. Uh, and being able to shoot the ball is exactly what BYU and teams like BYU can't scheme for. But if you are a one-dimensional player, and mm-hmm. I don't want to uh, should join it up Yeah,
1: I get what you're saying, but he's he's a three-point shooter. He's a shooter. Everybody knows that. He's exactly, a
0: exactly. So if you take that away.
1: Right. He he becomes it, it
0: nullifies him, right? And yeah, he has to figure yeah. out ways to get going when he when that doesn't when he can't get to the three point line. If you watch BYU, we can say what we want about them, but they were denying the ball. They were switching out. Uh they were making uh shot opportunities difficult. Uh and even with all of that, the Aztecs did not play bad. They actually played pretty good. You know, they just you do, again they just ran into a tougher team.
1: They did run into a tougher team, and that's interesting that you say that about Matt Mitchell and Jordan Shackle. Now, Matt Mitchell, when he was having a tough day against Arizona State, he still made his presence known by getting to the line, I believe, twelve times. And Jordan Shackle, when you're a guy who is a a shooter who likes to to play from the perimeter, he you're not going to be able to get as many free throws. You're not going to be so. You need to find a way to impact the game elsewhere. If your shots not falling. A guy like Jordan Shackle, though, you always let him shoot because you know that he can make any of them. But when your shot's not falling and you're feeling like your shot's not falling, you got to find a different place on the floor to show up and to impact the the box score, quote unquote.
0: You sound like a freaking coach uh, that's been doing it for like 30 years, bro. uh... (laughs) Because that's that's spot on. (laughs) That's spot on. The key to being a good scorer, most young players don't understand this, right? And I'm gonna give this game for free. The key to being a great scorer is getting to the free throw line. You just said it, right? If you mm-hmm. can figure out ways to get to the free throw line, you stop the clock. If you stop the clock, you get points when the clock is stopped. If you mm-hmm. make your free throws, um, you put you you put a foul on the other team. There's a foul that that is that is accumulated against the player, and there's a foul that's accumulated uh, accumulated, excuse me, against the team, right? Mm-hmm. So in that, they have to guard you differently. Jordan, uh, one for nine from three, at some point you got to say, I'm just gonna put my head down and go to the basket. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm just at, at one, of, at one of four or one of three, you got to just say, listen, to get myself going. I'm just going to go jump into somebody and scream. Yeah. Yeah. I mean? I as, scream. <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to I mean, as a shooter, you still got to shoot your shots. Right. But you yeah. also have to, he should not Jordan for me should not be a, um, a uh, one dimensional player at the collegiate level, if he aspires to play for money at the higher levels, right? You Mm -hmm. cannot be a one dimensional player at this level. You have to be a scorer at this level. And then at the next level, you become a uh, specialist, so to speak. So,
1: yeah, you could become like a Kyle Korver or someone like that who exactly kind of just sits in the corner and makes living shooting threes, which is exactly. a nice living. So. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, uh, Jordan Shackle, though, he – I'm sorry, Matt Mitchell, like, like we were talking about, he came back after ASU, and he had his 35 points. He shot 12 for 17 from the floor, five threes, uh, five for nine from three, and he was six for seven from the free throw line. Now, here's the biggest story for me is that he scored 26 points in the second half. They don't have Matt Mitchell in that game. That, that, that half is not even as close it's not even 10 point victory it's probably a 25 point victory and he hit three threes down the stretch when he needed to so i, I we talked about a couple of weeks ago who's the leader of this team i got my answer matt mitchell
0: well i'm gonna agree with you there after watching him play i think that he's definitely uh i don't know how vocal he is because i don't know him as a person but i think that his play on the his play on the court is, is, is showing that he's the guy, right? (laughs) So um, if he's, uh, if he's going to get to the free throw line that many times, uh, that was the most impressive for me. And the fact that they were, you know, the team understood that they needed to get him the ball. Now, whether they came from Dutch and the coaching staff or the players understanding that they threw him the ball over and over and over again. And he was getting to the basket. Mm -hmm. Some of those were and ones on post-ups. And like I said, he's, he's, you know, he's built like, you know, uh, he's he's built, built like a tight uh, end. Yeah, he is built like a or like a or like a
1: DN or or, or a you know, D like end a or even arm. even yeah. a UFC fighter because he's got yeah long exactly arms. he's exactly. got like the he's got the athlete build and and I'm very jealous of his long arms <laughs> and his, athletes, <laughs> his athletic build. But you're right, he he's just such a match or he's a matchup nightmare. And after the game, the BYU head coach said we didn't know really what to do with him because we we put him down, we we defend him in the block, and then they send him outside and he's hitting threes on us right. and when we put him on the block he's he's either drawing a foul or he's getting an easy baskets exactly. so exactly that 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 proved a lot to me and it also proved to me that he is he came back to school for the right reason he tested out the nba thing and last year i didn't see this kind of play from him and and he, i think this year he wanted to go into this season proving that he can be an all-around player and showing these NBA teams that he's the guy who they they can develop into anything that they want because he's good at everything that he does.
0: Well I, I would agree with you there. I don't know if he's an NBA player. I think that he'll get a chance at the NBA, but I think okay. he'll make he'll make his bones internationally, right? I think that if he's smart, he'll go play for you know he'll work his way up to paying for a couple million bucks over in Europe, someplace like that. I don't necessarily know if he's a guy that's going to stick in the, in the, in the NBA. Um,
1: sure. Yeah. I mean, you're uh, a guy who's, uh, who's been through all that. So, you right. know, yeah.
0: So, yeah. And you know, it's um, there's, but, but with that being said, I don't want, you know, I don't want anybody out there to say I'm hating on him or whatever. I just want to be, <laughs> I just want to be very clear. And, you know, playing at that level is about playing is about having one thing that you do so great. Yeah, and a and a, and a couple other things that you do really really well. Um, he does everything pretty good, uh, yeah. but the one thing that the one thing that may be his saving grace is his ability to post up, right? He, mm-hmm. His ability to post up at the guard spot is uncanny, yeah. uh, and uh, I think that if he if he continues to, if the, if the team wins out, uh, and they you know and they you know make some noise later on in the year, or late into the year. Mm-hmm. He'll have a chance to go in the first round, uh, but I but I also think that if I if I know the game correctly, I think that he's a guy that that'll make his bones um, in Europe more than likely.
1: Which is not a bad thing at all, because there is a lot of good basketball being played in Europe and a lot. And, and it's also kind of a, it, it's not a minor leagues because they are a professional league. Right. It's more of like if you want to see if you are good enough to take it to the next level, you go to Europe and then you can see if you're ready for the NBA. Because then once you get through Europe, you're playing you're playing the second best of the best of uh, in the right. world.
0: Right, right, agreed. I mean, it's not a knock, right? To to not a to knock be, at you all. Know, you know, to be realistic, and I think that again, that you can go over there and you can make a very, very good living. I don't. I just think that if he, I was, and I'm getting all the way back. I was saying mm-hmm. that because I don't think that he should approach the situation trying to make the NBA. I think that he should approach the situation trying to win as many games as he possibly can. It, you know, it, And again, without that 35 points, right? You know, mm-hmm. they're not even in this game, which is yeah. to what you said. Yeah. But if they could have got somebody else going and he scores 26 as opposed to 35 and, and they win the game, that looks a thousand times better on his resume. Because those kids, those kids at BYU are the types of kids. uh, Well, let me not say what I was going to say about (laughs) that. But that type of that type of frame on a kid is what Mm -hmm. you're going to run into in Europe times five. Right. Those BYU kids. There's there's some guy named Big Sasha. Right. That's seven foot, two inches tall and he weighs 300 pounds and he's from russia right and trying yeah. to you know you, you got to be able to play in that environment uh with with basic with with basically college rules and and, yeah. and try to be successful in that
1: no that's that's a whole interesting other talk that we can i would love to go down that road another day because i would not want to play against a seven foot two russian guy just saying Not not <laughs> <laughs> not my thing, not my thing, right right, right. I, yeah, I deviated
0: there. I deviated there. no, there. it's okay.
1: I, you know? that's 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 okay. I found it interesting, uh, but seven foot two seven foot two Russian guys like, it just reminds me of Rocky Four or something like that with Avant Drago. <laughs> and, and it feels like it too. I yeah. felt it. It, it feels <laughs> he like it. Too. <laughs> Those guys are like bricks. There's brick houses that you just put in the middle of the lane and hopefully you can't move them. Right, but right, you're right. right. If Matt did score 26 points and, and Jordan Shackle, say, has 18 and they win the game, it just looks so much better. Right. But You had no one else supporting you here, so I'm not putting much into this loss, other than the fact that it was a bad day for everyone else and a really good day for Matt Mitchell. Absolutely, yeah.
0: Again, this BYU team—we talked about this last week. This is a good test. They Mm -hmm. don't have any. They don't have any sexy guys on that team, right? There's no. There's not. We get. We have sexy players. San Diego State has sexy players, right? Yeah. They have a group of kids that just want to, you know, they just want to beat you, and they don't really care Mm -hmm. how they how they do it, right? And they'll they'll get ugly to do it. Um, I was disappointed. I'm, I'm going to say this: I was disappointed in our in our bigs. I think our bigs got whipped right all okay. night. Explain, long.
1: Explain, explain.
0: Uh, we got out rebounded. They got a bunch of second chance points. We didn't guard the pick and roll very well. Uh, uh, they were just more physical. They were just they were just brutal. And I think over the over the over the length of the game, I think it, they just wore us down inside. Right? I think that they just wore us down. BYU is always going to shoot the ball extremely well. But we were too easily boxed out. Uh, We didn't have we didn't play with enough energy, with enough fire. Our big, uh, our big that played great for and I'm. Uh, Yeah, Nathan
1: Nathan Bensa, he had foul trouble.
0: Yes, and again, it fouls fouls mean that you're not playing within the rules of the game, right? So (laughs) if if you play within the rules of the game, you stay on the floor. You figure out a way to stay on the floor. And even when he was out there, he was you know. He was getting mauled for the most part. I, he didn't he didn't show up to me at all. Um, and I hope he does hear what I'm saying. I, and, I, and I hope he takes it personal. You know, and comes back out and plays the next game better. But he just it, it just there was no fire in his eyes. There was no wanting to compete uh, that I saw. I thought that he was uh, just a little bit soft. Right. And if, if yeah. he's going to play that way, then th- there's no way that the team's going to be successful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, coming with the uh, the praise that you get against a team like ASU and then you you, you're going to be heavily criticized once you have a great game, especially when everybody's talking about you. And this is the Nathan Mensa that everybody wanted to see, quote unquote, is what, you know, Brian Detcher said last week. You can't come out and you can't. can't expect to just kind of hide in the background you got it you got to take over the game and right right he he, i like how you said that if you're fouling you're not playing within the rules of the game that is an interesting way to say that and i love it because it's (laughs) it explains what a foul is 100 (laughs) and and when you're when you're fouling a lot too as a team you're just taking the flow you're giving the the rhythm to the other team you're you're right. not able to start anything when you're just stopping and starting having the other team shooting free throws right. it's just kind of uh, demoralizing right
0: here's it here's the deal like if you if you get a foul and it's and it's uh, a one off situation. That's something different. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that this was necessarily Nathan, but sometimes guys will hide and they will foul just so they they don't have to play. Right. They will foul and, you know, and, and get subbed out because they don't want to take the they don't want to take the whipping that they've been taking. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to hope that that wasn't him in that particular situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say this. They were just a ton more physical and, and, and wanted to get to the ball more than, more than we did. Mm-hmm. That's that's where the game was lost at. It was lost on the interior. Now they made a lot of shots and they had some guards that, that were able to shoot three well, but this game was a lot closer. 61 uh, 61 with, you know, basically two minutes to go. Yeah. We need a rebound and yeah. a block shot. We need yeah. a possession. We need a yeah. shot changed. And that happens on the interior. That doesn't happen on the, on the perimeter. That's And that's fact.
1: basically what he, I mean, not not the only reason he's on the team, but Nathan Mensah is put on the team so that he can redirect shots and redirect guys who are driving the lane with his long Absolutely. arms and trying to block the ball. And when you got four fouls, you can't put him back out there. He's not able right. to be, you got one more to give. Well, let's say this thing goes into OT. You need him in OT. So um, it, it's yeah. just <laughs> you're playing more tentatively as well with, with four fouls. Cause you don't want to foul out, but all interesting stuff, all stuff that uh, Brian Dutcher is going to have to address with this team and figure out with his team, because they are going to get right back on the horse and they're playing St. Mary's tomorrow. So to close out the game against BYU, I think it, uh, I'm going to say it like this, it's a one-off. Let's see what what happens going forward. If we see more of the same, then we might have a problem here. But right now I'm just taking it as just another game that they lost. What do you what do you say about that game against BYU?
0: I say that it was a good test. I think that um um that this is the best team that they've played today, right? And yeah. and um, St. Mary's is going to be an, another one of those kinds of games where you, it's going to be a grind out game where they don't particularly have sexy players trying mm-hmm. to get to Arizona State has a, has two kids that are trying to get to the NBA. Yeah. San Diego State has two kids that are trying to get to the NBA. Mm-hmm. St. Mary's and BYU have kids that when they when they're done playing here, they might it might be in the back of their mind, right? But Yeah. They're living for today. Right. St. Mary's mm-hmm. going to have a lot of those same kind of kids. And if we can't match that energy for, of the day or for today, which would be game day. Right. You know, we, we might run into the same issue. So I'm hoping that it's a, am hoping it's a blip. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see, because this that, that St. Mary's team is pretty good.
1: They are pretty good. They're eight and one. They just beat up on Colorado State, 53 to 33, which Colorado State's a Mountain West opponent. And uh, they only scored 33 points in the game. Oh well, Colorado State <laughs> did. I mean, that, that's just not good. This is not good. And they they've had issues with COVID so far this season, so that could be a reflection of not being able to practice at all for right. the past like weeks and all that stuff. But St. Mary's, they're not they're they've never been a pushover team. They've they're in the West Coast conference. By the way, the West Coast Conference is quietly becoming one of the strongest conferences this year because my alma mater, San Francisco, they uh hey, they beat Virginia. And that's <laughs> yeah. basically the only win that I've seen them have, like that's big in the last maybe, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years. <laughs> right, right, right. But they also have Gonzaga in the conference and they have some they have some really good teams in that West Coast conference.
0: I was going to say that that's the biggest reason why, though, if you look at the, if you look at Gonzaga, right, Gonzaga raises the play for everybody else. You have to start in order to even be able to compete with them. You got to be able to play at a certain level mm-hmm. that also forces the other teams in the conference to recruit the same sort of way that Gonzaga does. Right. They no, go have the players that they need. So. Um, With that being said, that conference is getting really strong and they play the game the right way. They play a traditional, not a traditional brand of basketball, but a but a uh, very unselfish uh, Mm -hmm. and thoughtful brand of basketball that is hard to beat. It is hard to beat. And, you know, Colorado State only scoring 33 points. They must have not practiced for two or three weeks, not just (laughs) one, you know, to only throw three points uh, uh, or or. St. Mary's did a heck of a job defending them, right? One of the, one of the two. I,
1: so. I'm I'm just gonna go with you know just because I don't really like St. Mary's that much. I'm just gonna go with uh, Colorado State in practice. <laughs> <laughs> what i'm gonna go with uh this this just popped in my head but since we're talking conferences real quick uh, football Aztecs football is trying to get out of their conference because they're just not getting the due they deserve what do you think about san diego state basketball in the mountain west because the mountain west basketball conference is a little bit stronger than the football conference but they still don't get the love that everybody else does in the power fives
0: I think it's important for San Diego State to leave the conference and try to get and work to get in the Pac-12. I would that's what I would be trying like heck to get into the Pac-12 because, again, the money's bigger for the program, uh, better competition. And it's easier to uh, it's easier to get those. It's easier to get the RPI higher when you're playing mm-hmm. against high level competition all the time. Also, you don't have uh, and not to say that, Diego. I want to go back to something that I said in our very first episode. OK. Uh, um, I said that they were playing cupcakes in their non-conference. Well, I gave the inclination, right, that they yes, were playing yes. cupcakes in their in their in their non-conference start of the season. They've been playing some really good teams, right? they I want to go back and, and set the record straight, right? I don't want to run in the Dutch in La Jolla <laughs> somewhere and he's
1: he, <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: playing "Hey, I football.
1: heard what you said about our cupcake <laughs> conference." <laughs>
0: but they've been playing some really good teams, right? Yeah. Um, But um, typically that has not been the case. Right. And but I think that the other thing that's helping uh, college basketball as a whole is that a lot of the kids who have who have inspiration or aspirations, I'm sorry, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: of playing in the NBA are taking different routes. They're not really coming to college, which means that, you know, juniors and seniors are staying uh, in college, right, mm, finishing their career, which makes for a better product, which makes for you know a better team uh, yeah. long term, right. That's so yeah. um, that is another reason that um, I would say to get to the pack to the Pac-12 now, because teams like Washington and Washington State, and um, I think that the, Azte- the Aztecs are better than those teams today, right? If they had to yeah. play those those type of teams, I think that they're better than them today. Um, it's good I to know. I mean.
1: It would be it would be it would be awesome for them to get into the Pac-12 and there's all those different crazy rules about the Pac-12 and whether or not they want to cross recruiting boundaries and I think we talked about it last week it's really, right. really right. but well again I mean
0: I don't know how I don't know how that could be the case if you
1: have USC and
0: UCLA, UCLA in the yeah. same market right yeah and, that's true um, and you know they they and then two recruiting is na- is a national thing you can go almost anywhere and pull a kid right if especially when you're talking about coming to california yes yeah, for sure you can pull a kid out of iowa right yeah <laughs> that yeah. is ranked i don't know what they're ranked three or something yeah. who missed out who missed out on that who messed that up by not going to get garza from Iowa? <laughs> yeah, and right? bringing them to to the west coast right yeah so um i think there's ample opportunity for all those teams to go out and recruit and do it at a yeah. level
1: I agree. I agree with that. And and it's also I've always said this, how easy is it to sell San Diego as a place to go live? Listen, I came on my
0: recruit I can't not to cut you off. I'm sorry. Go for it. it. I came on my recruiting trip and this may rub some people the wrong way. Well, and I'm gonna end this with I did get my degree. But I came to the I came on my recruiting trip. And didn't even go on the campus, right? I, I never even set foot on the campus, right? So it's a nice one. It's
1: a, you saw the pictures. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, right. So I think. Well, let
0: me not lie. I did go to the. I did go to the. Uh, the academic office, I believe, and I okay. think I went to the. I went to the arena saw the arena. Yeah. But after that, I, uh, where's the paperwork, right? You know, I'm saying this is. I'm signing up for this. This this is This is an easy deal. This is an easy thing, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, it shouldn't be that hard to recruit. I think that you know, crossing those boundary lines. But it is more work for the assistants who need to be working anyway, right? Yeah. Uh, to get out there on the road, you know. And yeah. Do some basketball.
1: Yeah, that, that that's. Uh, I think that what Dutcher's done really well is get the transfers to come in. He he plucked that's away cool. Terrell Gomez from Cal State Northridge, and there's just these these little guys. Not that little guys. I'm not saying their stature, but there's these guys that are out there in these small schools that are that just fit perfectly for the Aztecs program. Right. Brian Dutcher knows you know to go to those guys and say, Hey, come to San Diego for a year. We're going to be ranked. We're going right. to play some big games. Probably going right. to have a tournament run. Come on over.
0: Right. Or, and I agree. I think he does a great job. He's one of the best coaches in the country at going and get and getting what he needs. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, coaches will go out and they'll recruit things that they don't necessarily, they they, they shine and they look good. But when yeah. you try to put them in that system, it doesn't work. Like the Kentuckys. Which is one of the re- yeah. Yes, exactly. Which is we'll one of the reasons. We talked about that, that last did.
1: week, too. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's why you get transfers, right? Because it, it didn't fit. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but Dutch does a great job of going out and getting guys that, that work for the program.
1: He certainly does. All right, so the Aztecs are taking on St. Mary's tomorrow. Then they do not have another game unless the Aztecs pick one up. They do not have another game until January 2nd. So I'm not sure if we're going to have a podcast next week. We'll see how the game goes against St. Mary's um and we might just give you a short little 15 minute update on the game next week but that's it for this week the aztecs fall out of the top 25 they're ranked uh they're they're probably like 26 or 27 after their loss to byu so it's going to be another battle to get back in the game get back in the top 25 but there are tons of teams losing all over the place so it's not going to be that hard if they keep themselves around the top they'll be in the top 25 i believe up and down all season long but let's 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 hope that they've learn from this BYU loss and go forward.
0: Absolutely. I think that there's a, there's a silver lining here, right? You, you lose to a team, you, you can go back and you can regroup. Right. And, and I think that that's exactly what they're going to do. But I do think that again, we have to, uh, Nathan Mensah has to come to play He does Ga- game in and game out. Right. And mm-hmm. these are tests. So, again, if you, if you want to, if you want to have a, an illustrious career, these are the games that you have to come show and show out. Right. And, and yeah. again, I was, I was thoroughly disappointed in his performance.
1: All right. Nathan Mensa, I hope you heard what Randy said because yeah. it's going to, it's just going to make you want to play better and play harder for the next game. So we, 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 love you on this program, Nathan Mensa. We're just That's giving a you a little bit of tough love, just a little yeah. bit of tough love, which is not anything bad whatsoever. But um, we'll see where they go from here. Again, this is the Believe Aztecs Basketball Podcast and the Believe Podcast Network. Believe has a podcast for every one of your teams and the only place with a show for your favorite team. We believe in our teams. And with this being Christmas week, uh, I hope, Randy, you have a great Christmas or a great holiday season. And I hope everyone out there listening, we've already had a really awesome Uh, return on what we've been doing so far. And I really appreciate that. If you want to give us any feedback, please hit me up at Matt Scraby on Twitter and Instagram. And then Randy is uh, at Alfred's house. Is that correct? That's right. At Alfred's house. Okay. At Alfred's house. So we'll close up this week. Uh, Hope everybody has a very happy holidays and we'll be back with you very shortly here on the Believe Aztecs basketball podcast. I'm Matt Scraby. That's Randy Holcomb. I was going to say good night, but it's not night. It's morning. (laughs) Talk to you soon.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.